Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com/achieve today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com/switch. $45 up front for 3 months plus taxes and fees. Promo rate for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Explore, rescue, protect. Hello, welcome to the CBB's Go Home podcast. I am Cami Black, and uh, joining me as always, it's the. Uh, I don't know. I've got a, a selection this week. You're either the Shellington Peso or Quasi to my Captain Barnacles. Mm, Peso's really, really insipid. Really, I know. really insipid. We'll, we'll come on um, to that later on. I think. Yes, I, I think so. Um, I don't know. I, 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 this feels like a kind of life-defining choice. What was that, Shellington? Quasi or Peso. Yeah. Um, I go Quasi. Quasi at least is a cryptozoologist, according to Wikipedia. So. <laughs> is he? We'll come Pretty on cool. to that. Yeah, yeah. Um, the, um, you could, if you want to get involved in these discussions and tell us what octonaut you are, you can contact us uh, by email, cbbsgohome at gmail.com. And you can also find us on uh, Twitter at cbbsgohome, where you can uh, tweet us and message us, as many people have done. And um, We've had a, a few requests for a while to do Octonaut, so we thought we'd turn our attention to it this week. Um, first, though, we need to start with our um, regular section where we pitch some ideas for CBBS programmes. Um, James, what have you come up with this week? I've slightly reinterpreted it this week, just insofar as um, going back to a previous episode, I'm going to stray outside of uh, CBeebies. Um, and this is basically going to be uh, a, a spin-off from Peppa Pig um, and feature Peppa as in a grown-up self, and she will essentially deliver a five-minute monologue called Peppa Pig's Common Sense World. Is this when when you say Peppa Pig's common sense? Well, is this in the sense of a very right wing Peppa Pig common sense nonsense type of common sense? There's only one thing that's absolutely certain to me is that Peppa deep down has really like bordering on fascistic tendencies, so it will be of that kind of Sarah Van Rob Little kind of ilk, Richard Little John that kind of thing. Um, and she'll give kind of 
pronouncements about uh, all kinds of awful things. She Peppa Pig very much the, the kind of person slash pig I would expect to have strong opinions about all lives matter um, about spending fitting a, a million on uh, you know painting a jet with Union Jack colours a new kind of replacement for the Royal Yacht that kind of thing she also thinks it's common sense to uh, hate everyone I think well, I, I think, think yeah probably everyone. you definitely get the impression that that mummy pig would you judge anybody that was on benefits and had kids? Oh, Mummy Pig and Daddy Pig, I think, are very well behaved in public. It's the stuff we don't hear when the kids have gone to bed and things that they don't say. I don't know that when the kids have gone to bed because I get the sense that they talk about it in front of the kid, which is kids, which is where Pepper gets her 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 tendencies from. It's more that they mm. don't talk about it. In front of anybody other than than Grandpa and Granny Pig, who clearly share those those views as well. Oh, I mean, they're even worse. I mean, I I think the uh, much commented on reason the week uh, we record this of um, why the don't mention the war episode of Faulty Towers has been taken. Uh, taken off streaming services. It's not because of don't mention the war. It's because of the uh, language of the major. Yes. Where he refers to, to uh, certain uh, races as that's Grandpa Pig. Yes. That's very much Grandpa Pig. So unless he wants to kind of relaunch himself as you know, like Jim Davidson to that blue uh, pando for a while. No, I think there's there's definitely mileage in that. I think it would. I th- it would appeal to a certain demographic, and that demographic think that Peppa Pig is is a good program for kids. So my, I've um, the Nick Cope podcast is uh, inexplicably popular in our house, um, particularly with our youngest who can't see it. He says the Nick Pope, po- the Nick Pop 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 podcast, which is incredibly mm, irritating. Um, th- I think it's. I still can't understand why why they put his name to it. I don't know who he is. He was in now. He this is the thing when you look him up on Wikipedia. He was uh-huh. in a band that came out of Oxford at the same time as Radiohead. All right. And so Wikipedia makes a big deal out of that, but I don't. I, I don't remember the band at all. Uh, what was the band called? Let me have a look. If you put Nick Cope, Nick Cope into. The thing is, when you go onto iTunes, he, he he has made a career out of writing like whimsical songs for kids because he's got about five albums out. Mm. So I assume he's popular in. Uh, he was in the Candy Skins. That name is vaguely familiar. It was vaguely familiar to me. But it said the. Um, it said through the early members of the Oxford team, they enjoyed. Uh, though early members of the Oxford team, they enjoyed limited commercial success compared to their contemporaries, Radiohead and Supergrass. They were considered by the British music press as one of the seminal early bands of the Britpop era. That seems like that. It's got a citation, but I'm not sure if it's their own. It's one <laughs> book. It's the Martin C. Strong Great Indie Discography. I'm not sure that counts as a citation. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that's where he came from. But anyway, 
it's only tangentially linked to that, just because I like the idea that his name's in there, even though no one knows who he is. So mine is, it's more well-known, but it's also a tongue twister. And it's mm. Nick Knowles knows knows. So <laughs> this is Nick Knowles smelling things and talking about the sense of smell. And the whole thing is about about Nick Knowles knows knows. Is he going to perform some of his hits? Uh, of course, well, he'll sing the theme tune. Yes. As is such a regular feature of uh, such things. Yes, so you sing, write the theme tune, sing the theme tune. Um, yeah, so that's it. It was inspired mainly because I had a run-in with Nick Knows on Twitter because um, he accused me of being sarcastic, and uh, I was being sarcastic. <laughs> but yeah, the tweet I sent was, somebody asked me to retweet a, a rugby quiz he was hosting. So I just mm. wrote, Nick Knows! Exclamation mark over the tweet. Which I was a little bit, yeah. I was a bit like, <laughs> it's Nick Knowles. And he called me out yeah. quite rightly. And I said, no, Nick, I was, he said, is that an excited Nick Knowles or a who's this guy who thinks he knows about rugby, Nick Knowles? And uh, I said, no, it's an excited Nick Knowles, Knowles, Nick Knowles. And <laughs> we heard no more about it after that. So that's good. I think I appease Nick Knowles. I think you're on Nick Knowles' shit list. <laughs> I probably am, yeah. This is Nick Knowles who oh, once, uh... once after a rugby match, like, tagged a referee in a load of abuse that he sent towards him. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It made it made Wales online. I suspect that if you ever make it as far as say uh Twickenham for the <laughs> next for the next England Scotland clash then I'll watch I'll watch it back. Um I think Knowles Knowles knows some people who know how to fuck your idol. Yeah, you probably would do. I mean, I, I, I'm not, I'm already, uh, I'm on Joe Marler, the England props uh, shit list as well. So, mm. I don't know, there's probably some, it's probably, I probably should probably leave the country really. <laughs> Just on the off chance well, of not running them. Yeah. Well, the thing is, is that you quite literally live in it. Yeah. So that, that you, you get driven back uh, as far as York. And it's proud Scottish tradition. Yep. Um, so that's that's our suggestions for CBB's programs. If you've got any suggestions, get in touch. Let us know. Uh, we'll happily read those out. Um, let us know. Let us know if Nick knows knows knows. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the... uh, well, can he not just sing it to the same tune as Nick Paul po- po- podcast? It's the Nick knows knows knows. It's the Nick yep. knows knows knows. Yeah, he can do. Yeah, all kinds of homophone fun, which is something that uh, Peppa Pig would not approve of. No, I think there's another element. There is another. I mean, there's another pop podcast to do about the podcast and why Nick Cope is forced to live in a field and only communicate with children through a TV screen. That's that's maybe for another podcast. Yeah, when we've taken legal advice on what we can say. I do notice, by the way, having looked up the candy skins, trying to uh, verify. Um, whether I was aware of them or not, that uh, the single Feed It was one of the central songs on the soundtrack to The Waterboys starring Adam Sandler. Yeah, again, I can't have no memory of that song whatsoever. No. No. I, I think you could probably, for quite a small fee, get Nick Cope to come to your house. Oh, yeah. I think he's available for 
personal do you ever do you know when on on facebook where they advertise those celebrity birthday greetings do you ever do you ever, oh, it's, do you ever look at those I'm certainly aware of them. It's Cameo is the site, isn't it? Yes. Whereby they, you, you can pay for that. I think it wouldn't cost you very much to get Nick Cope to perhaps, I don't know, appear at a virtual rugby end of season dinner to much bafflement. Yes. I think it's um, it, it's always depressing looking at Cameo because... Like the, the 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 variety of of amounts the people are selling themselves for. Oh yeah, you yeah. can. I mean, you can get you know Barry from EastEnders fairly cheap. Yeah, it'll cost you it less. Is. It'll cost you less than a gym from Parks and Rec. Oh, absolutely. Um, I, I feel like th- th- this might be a um, you know, th- th- this could be a. An episode on its own, the these side watched up figures of cameo. <laughs> yeah, um, I'm just looking at Nick Cope's website to see if we can confirm about uh, personal appearances, but there's nothing. Uh, there's nothing on there. There's just uh, him looking whimsical on it. Um, it's playing live in a number of places, but no, nothing about how much it would cost to get him to come and uh, appear at your event. Sadly, um, he, he doesn't. He doesn't come up. On a search on Cameo. No. Although pleasingly, pleasingly, the the third one down, if you search Nick Cope, is someone called Hope Scope. <laughs> called who? Hope Scope. Hope Scope. Mo- Hope Scope. It was a fitness model, which sounds like a euphemism to me. I'll be honest. Yeah, he's not got. He's the- not famous enough to have a. How much is Nick Cope worth? Entry on uh, on Google. Yeah, that's when you've made it. Just just some uh, information about Hope Scope. She's a fitness model. She's the legging, self-described the legging queen. Uh, <laughs> I think that's that sounds like something you would find on a very different kind of website. Well, I think fitness model might be euphemism. Right. Um, she's a, she's available to appear for twelve pound forty five. And uh, it probably trumpets the fact that she usually responds within four days. <laughs> well, four—I mean, four days is still quite a wait. Oh, it, it's way too long. I mean, um, you can't leave that to the last I, minute. I've now just got a whole list of um, fitness models I've not heard of as possible uh, suggestions here. Do you need um, to check your search uh, history after this? Yeah, I mean, technically, this laptop belongs to work, so. <laughs> um, so let's let, let's just make it clear that should you be considering them, uh, you can get, this is one word, Hannibal for King, for £16.60. You can get uh, Gigi, also for £16.60. Is that a horse? Um, and you can get... Uh, Summer Ray for £83. Well, I've heard of Summer Ray. That sounds like... Is that, is that a, sim, a, a, a singer? She's a fitness model and influencer. I think you're thinking of Sister Ray by the Velvet Underground. I possibly am. Or who was the... Yeah. Or was it Sugar Ray, the lad in the 90s that was like a, an Elvis-style pop star? 
No, it was sugar. It was, it was, it was sugary like Elvis. I had, in my head, sugary kind of uh, in a similar section to Smash Mouth. <laughs> I'm looking at the Legging Queen on Insta, uh, Legging Queen's Instagram, and I'm going to stop now because that's I don't I don't feel like that's a rabbit hole we need to go down. Not not this not this early. No, let's go back to um, let's go back to let's 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 focus on octonauts. Um, I don't know. I feel like I might just want to spend time looking at um, Cameo. Cameo, go on. Just to be honest, <coughs> Chevy Chase, two hundred ninety pounds fifty. I mean, that's not much, is it? It's not. Uh, um, these are just coming up with suggestions. Debbie Gibson, £161.85. So you could club together with a couple of family members and get a Debbie Gibson one. Yeah, absolutely. It's whether or not it's actually them or whether or not they've recorded a message. And then, do you remember that it was the episode of The Simpsons, Camp Krusty? Where the kids arrive mm. at Camp Krusty and there's a video of Krusty the Clown to greet them and he says, Hi kids, welcome to Camp Krusty. Um, you're going to be in good hands with your counsellor, Mr. Black. Yes, indeed. Hello, I'm Chevy Chase. Happy birthday to you. Um... Yeah, potentially, potentially. I think your mic's going funny again. Is it? Yeah. You've just gone a bit quiet. Well, there, that's it. That should be a bit better now. Yeah, that's... Cool, that's all right. It might mean that it takes a couple of days for me to go through this again. That should yeah. be fine there. Hello, hello. Yep. Mm-hmm. That's working. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know that um, Octonauts are on Cameo. Are they? Can you get an Octonaut? You potentially can get uh, the lead Octonaut, I would have thought. <laughs> do you know who do- plays the lead Octonaut? I do, that's what I mean, yeah. Old yeah. Simon Greenwald. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, that's that's the first one. First one of my true or false questions after this gone. Yeah, yeah. Michael no, from absolutely. Michael from um, Michael from Alan Partridge. And more famously, I would argue, he is the voice of the lead uh, meerkat. If you can well, that's it. I've written that down as well. Yes, he is. He features with this quite a lot. Every time they come across a creature, it either sounds like the meerkat or it sounds Welsh, and it's always him doing the voice. Yeah, limited, limited range. I was, I was, I was surprised that there were more people doing voices to this, and it wasn't just him. We'll just get him to, he's maybe doing the theme tune as well. Possibly. The um. So speaking of octonauts, there. Um. Octonauts, for those, well, I think anybody who's listening to this will know what Octonauts is. It's essentially a group of creatures who go around the sea, uh, as it says at the start, exploring, rescuing, and protecting sea creatures. Yeah. Which the, is a, a. Probably sounds better in Latin. <laughs> the, um, so there's. On board the uh, Octo Explorer, I think it's called. Is that the, the, the kind of this mobile base that moves around? It's a bit like the Paw Patrol Tower, but it's underwater and it moves. There's less realistic. Yes, this Barnac- Captain Barnacles, who's a polar bear, Peso, who's a penguin, Quasi, who's inexplicably a cat. Um, <laughs> there's there's the Vegimals, again, yeah. who are, who are some talking vegetables, <laughs> Tweak Bunny. Who is a female rabbish? Tunip, 
who's the lead vegemole, Shellington the sea otter, Dashy dog. Now there's also a, a, a do- an octopus as well, but he doesn't come up on the uh, octonautsfandom.com site. Oh, Professor Inkling. That's it, Professor Inkling. Yeah. You you need to go to the more detailed source of Wikipedia. Ah, well, there we go. Um, so the so this is the thing, right? With Octonauts. Who is it like an Avengers situation where they've taken it upon themselves, a pro of nothing, to to protect the sea? Or are they backed by someone like NATO or the UN? I think it's fundamentally unclear. And I think ultimately it is, as always, deeply, deeply sinister. So many CBBS programs are predicated on the idea that you should be a vigilante. Not a cool vigilante like Batman, but like just, if you've got enough cash, go around messing with nature with other people's lives um and it's i read a piece a couple of weeks ago in the economist bear with me here about how about how in africa the idea of mercenaries is back in fashion right and that's kind of what i think with the octonauts Maybe, maybe it is that maybe you know just paying a lot of people to uh fight your wars for you um that, that's it i mean this is it i mean who's and we don't we never establish in octonauts who's who who's backing them financially it's either an iron man situation and captain barnacles and we'll come on to his background in a minute i mean he's very well spoken barnacles so perhaps yeah, yeah. he's perhaps he's loaded and this is like his a bit of a Steve Zizou situation where he's, he's you know a, a famous underwater explorer and he's taking it upon himself to fund this whole thing or or whether or not there's some mystery kind of like like a kind of Charlie's Angel situation. There's some unseen millionaire, eccentric mm. billionaire somewhere who's funding these underwater, um, mer- like you said, essentially mercenaries. They don't really kind of have any, have any code or code of ethics that they seem to abide by. Yeah. Maybe it's just, you know, in the past, these kind of independently wealthy types would have like gone crusade or something. Yeah, so and but now all they can do is go and interfere with the lives of sea creatures. Well, they, they used to do that, of course, but uh, <laughs> now, I mean, now it's the main focus. Yeah, it's frowned upon these days to do that. Um, yeah, well, like because like with with you think of Star Trek, Star Trek can't mind with this, but because they've got the Prime Directive, and I know every episode that they. They, they breach the prime directive because they do interfere with the lives of the planets that they come across, but they at least have a discussion about it and they have a bit of moralizing. They have a meeting where they say, look, we've got the prime directive, but these people are going to be killed by a volcano. If we don't beam down, pretend to be them, then freak them out when we're space aliens. Yeah. But there's at least some sort of green women. Yeah. Well, yeah. In the case of Will Riker. Um, but at least there's some discussion about it. It's not mm-hmm. like, I know we'll come out of some of the episodes. It's not like, oh, there's a load of sea pigs wandering towards a trench. That's really interesting. Mm. That's happening. Let's observe. It's like, no, we've got to save the sea pigs. Yeah. There's episodes reason, where they save creatures. For reasons that are unclear. No, and there's episodes where they save creatures from sharks, and you're like, that shark needs to eat. Mm. Can't just turn the sea vegetarian. <laughs> Despite what you may think. <laughs> um, 
there was a, a tweet that was went out in December and I, I saved it for whatever we ever did. Uh, I liked it for whatever we did, um, Octonauts. And this is from uh, Kelly, Kelly Diggers. And she said, it's her opinion that Captain Barnacles from Octonauts is one of the best leaders on TV and real world managers can learn a lot from him. Let's look at his methods. And I thought it'd be worth spending some time picking this apart because I don't entirely agree with it. Good. I, I do look forward to this. Okay. Two notes first. Said, I suspect this is because he's not required to be a bad leader to produce drama in the way that a lot of fictional leaders are. And he's a polar bear, not a barnacle. Barnacles make terrible leaders. Both good points, I think. Uh, she says, what does he do right? He employs experts and allows them to set the mission parameters. No, he doesn't. I don't think he does. He sets. I don't think he sets the mission parameters at all. I think he sets them. Mm. I don't think he allows the experts to do it at all. Yeah. No. Uh, communicates broad goals during planning, but gives explicit orders when quick action is required. I don't think he communicates broad goals at all. We've got to stop these things from dying. That is too broad, if anything. Yeah. Yeah. Um, changes plans when subordinates commit to rash action to give that action the best chance of success. Mm. I mean, he was pretty annoyed when as we quasi tried to drop kick a load of rocks in one of the episodes. Strikes me that if he knew it was going to go badly, that's actually bad management. Yeah. I think if he's having to change his plans when they, I think if they're, if they're committing to rash action on a regular basis, that would suggest there's some sort of underlying issue with his management. Or his recruitment. Well, true. Unless he's got them cheap and that's why. I mean, to be fair, if you think about the old uh, vegetables, they've got to be pretty cheap. I don't think he's paying them. I think that's, I think it's kind of like a slavery situation. Hmm. Um, well, as I checked out, one of the vegetables is um, where is it? Half rutabaga, half walleye. Right. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well... HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. (laughs) 
but I mean, I, there's there's definitely colonial overtones in the Octonauts, and it wouldn't surprise me if if Barnacles has picked the Vegemals up from somewhere and is transporting them somewhere else and making them work on board in the meantime. They do have that A that perhaps you, you think. Well, you think the, the kind of underlying thing here is that he's bringing them Christianity. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Captain Barnacles. What he did, honestly, what he doesn't realise is that a few generations down the line, uh, his kind will be uh, solely beating a cricket. One <laughs> of uh, these nations. Yeah, I mean, we'll come on to Barnacles himself in a minute, but I mean, I, I, he definitely thinks that um, people can't judge uh, slave traders by modern standards and would be permanently opposed to toppling of statues. Yeah, he, uh, some kind of vague platitude about uh, democratic means, isn't it? Yeah. Um, the next bit Kelly comes on to is, he always protects confidence even when communicating urgency, but readily admits ignorance. I'm not sure that's mm. true. Yeah. Gives untested allies opportunities to shine, but doesn't push them. Doesn't actually entertain wild theories, but also doesn't quash them. See yet or no, what we need to do is blah, 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 blah. I think he needs to be more decisive if you're saying this is uh, I think this is weak leadership. I think it is, especially in the situations they find themselves in. I mean, he's not yeah. managing a Marks and Spencers, is he? I yeah. mean, in one of the episodes we're going to discuss these, you know, they're in lava tubes and you can't be that indecisive in a lava tube yeah it's not an artist's studio is it no, uh, he understands the irrational or uncooperative behaviours of the people outside his team are obstacles to be overcome not deliberate attempts at sabotage and he takes them in his stride I've seen him lose his rag a couple of times um, I wouldn't pretend to have as much deal be you know, there's no coincidence that Quasi's missing an eye. He's not. Is he not? No, according to uh, Octonauts fandom, he just wears it because it looks cool. And sometimes it switches from one eye to the other. It's a bit like Gabrielle. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, to be fair, I think Gabrielle uh, had a lazy eye. Did she? And he got... Any, any Gabrielle fans listening, uh, yeah. do please email in to correct us, or indeed Gabrielle herself. Yeah. Um, knows his subordinate strengths and weaknesses and quietly accounts for them and lets non-critical discipline issues pass during the mission, which is usually correct. Now, this is the thing, and I'll follow up on this. We don't see like him, his follow-ups after the missions. I think that would be far more fascinating. Seem like having his one to one with Quasi. Yeah, it's some kind of uh, performance review. Quasi's uh, missed out on a pay rise this year. <laughs> yeah, but just for Jenny being a sarcastic shit the entire time. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Um, the the, the other issue with Octonauts is that in ev- almost every mission, and indeed the two missions we're going to talk about, it's always the male Octonauts that go. Hmm. Well. That is also in keeping with the original Star Trek. <laughs> That's true. Yes. I mean, even in the even in the next generation Star Trek, they'd like like after they got rid of Tasha Yar, it'd be like, oh, we'll send down Counselor Troy just in case if anyone needs some counselling, but she's not allowed to phase it. Yeah. Anybody has any feelings that we have to deal with? Yeah. Essentially, there's a counselor and a doctor. That's the two female roles in Star Trek. We got rid of the other yeah. female that that was allowed a gun. 
Well, Tasha Yar was uh, transferred to David Duchovny's Red Shoe Diaries, wasn't she? <laughs> yes. And then later came back as a Romulan clone. Did she? Yeah. I don't remember that one. Yeah, there was a, a Romulan clone of Tasha Yar comes back later on. Mm, vaguely rings it bell. Yeah. Not, not, not to fall too far down that particular uh, 25-year-old rabbit hole. <laughs> Um, the two episodes we cho- chose to um, look at were Water Bears and um, Sea Pigs. Yeah. Uh, in Water Bears, they're off to the lava tubes and Quasi, the uh, pirate cat, straight away, like, they say, oh, here we are at the lava tubes. And he says, I don't see any lava. Yeah. Well, if you can't see, it doesn't exist. Like electricity. It's, it's like the level of sarcasm. It's just completely yeah. uncalled for. He reminds me a lot of, like when you go on a stag do and there's a bloke that no one really wants or has invited, but it also but like insists on being, like the life and soul of the stag do, despite nobody asking them to, and getting you in all sorts of bother, even though you just everyone wants a quiet one. Somebody who the uh, the groom works with. Yes, who who gets naked within two hours of arriving. Yeah. Serial uh, trouser droppers, yeah. Yep, that's that's who Quasi reminds me of. No one really wants him there. He serves no actual purpose other than to be an irritant. He's paid too much, though, isn't he? At this at this juncture, oh, he's probably got tenure. <laughs> he has impossible, almost impossible to get rid of. Yeah. Um, also on the mission are Shellington, the Scottish sea otter, very posh Scottish yep. sea otter. Uh, and Peso the Penguin, who, like you said, is incredibly, like, seems on the verge of tears, even when mm. not threatened at all. Yeah, I, I thought it was interesting with, uh, with Peso. I, I don't know whether it's, um, I don't know whether it's just related to the name, but it was the revelation uh, on Wikipedia that uh, Peso, He's a penguin with a British accent, brackets Spanish accent in the US version. Oh yeah, if you go on to, um, if you watch it on, I think it's either Netflix or Amazon Prime, and I can't remember which one it is, you get the American voices, and Not it really. kind of puts a whole different like take on it because they don't perform them in the same way. So it's not like the Spanish equivalent of Peso, where he's a little bit nervous. It's just this mm. really kind of quite confident Spanish voice. I wondered whether it was just going to be ever so slightly racist. <laughs> I mean, the fact he's called Peso isn't is is unhelpful. Yes, unhelpful. Yeah, that's a, that's a polite way of putting it. Yeah, unhelpful. Um, I mean, I think the fact that the barnacles the bear is uh kind of British upper class, very clearly white male. Yeah, leading this team. Yeah. I mean, that in itself. You know, there's, there's issues with that, he, and he definitely sidelines the, the female characters. Well, he's indeed he's um, well, he's classic white British, independently wealthy. It's just it's all about his ego at this point, and it's almost like the kind of Victorian adventurers as well, just like doing like checking stuff that doesn't really need to be checked. I mean, they're supposed to be scientists, and on this mission. Their mission is to check whether or not lava is hot. <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, I believe, uh, spoiler for anyone who's not seen this episode, yes. Lava is hot. And they take thermometers to check it. And they don't have numbers. It's just either, I think it's like green or red. (laughs) Find it. Holy shit. Um, so after a while of uh, checking the temperatures of whether lava is hot or not, uh, Peso hears a voice, thinks he's talking to a rock, but it turns out there's a water bear on, and this water bear inexplicably has a very broad Brooklyn accent. Yeah, it, it, it is the um, the broadest of um, stereotypes. Um, so the overly masculine uh perhaps arrogance uh new yorker um overweight yeah. is kind of implied because of the little legs uh it is the the broadest of stereotypes yeah. how are you doing that actually says one part how are you doing yeah it's quite close to uh i'm walking here and it's so, uh, yeah, it is uh, dubious, I think it's fair to say. Yeah, I mean, and then um, Peso, because Peso is completely inept and rubbish at doing anything, uh, somehow manages to drop, to, to, to like have a rock blown into a lava tube. I don't even know how you might. I mean, I turned away for a second and the rock had blown into a lava tube. I couldn't be bothered going back to check how it happened. But it seems like... That's not a question. Probably not, but it's like, it's one of those things... Like if he if he'd been on his own and he'd phoned up and said, "I'm in a bit of bother," I was holding a rock and then it flew out of my hands down a lava tube. It would be, I mean, it'd be hard to believe if anyone other than Peso phoned up to say that. I think uh, again, uh, I presume, even though we're talking about the the English version, I presume it is kind of the, the Spanish version was in mind. Yes, it's Manuel. It's, it's like a, it's like the kind of racial Spanish waiter trope. Yeah, pretty much. Um, I mean that 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 is an accent I am doing in my head right now. And will not commit to tape. <laughs> it's probably just as well. I think the 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 one positive I would say is is unlike Paw Patrol that we discussed in the previous episode, they don't waste time in going back to the Octo Explorer to then discuss their plan of action. They do ring. And kind of have a tele a teleconference with the others about it. Yeah, uh, as we all do now. I know Zoom. They've had a Zoom yeah. call and they've sorted it out. Um, so this, I mean, Dashi, who's the dog. Um, I don't. Again, I don't like a polar bear and a penguin. I can see they they're known for being near in and around water. I don't. Yeah. I don't think that dog. I mean, you know, dogs love a swim, but I don't think they're naturally associated with the sea. No. Again, uh, I will just point out to you about dashing. Uh, again, it is only the Wikipedia source, but dashy brackets previously saucy, <laughs> as in previously had a saucy voice, or no, no saucy with an I rather than a Y. So oh, dashy I see. Dashy had a change of name. Oh, uh, previously noticed and speaks. To- Speaks with a New Zealand accent, uh, apparently. It's oh, the, I've been on Twitter. According to uh, octonautsfandom.com, uh, she is the crew's sweet natured IT officer. Mm. I think no the, offense. 
to any IT officers who may listen to this, but right, and this is IT the, officers are not sweet natured. The other thing with this that I noticed is like th- th- there's no consistency at all as to whether or not people are clothed or not. <laughs> Captain Barnacles. Captain Barnacles is in like his uniform. Quasi's completely naked apart from a pair of boots, as is Shellington and Peso. Dash, he has a mini skirt on. I think that's at a Barnacles request. I think so. I wouldn't be saying, yeah, Barnacles has a. It would it would be on character if on brand if he had a, a female only dress code. Having said that, Tweak Bunny, who is the engineer for the Octopod and also a female, uh, only wears a belt. And again, Captain Barnacle's request. Yeah. the It's causing problems for a live-action reboot. <laughs> yeah. Um, Dashy, anyway, sends in a robot to rescue uh, Frank, the um, water bear, who's in the lava tube, but the robot can't cope with the heat. So no. they then send in some people. Yep, that, that's the logical solution. To that. <laughs> like, like the robot can't cope with the heat. Let's just put some people in a suit and send them in instead. Yeah, well, I would suggest to you that if you look at those two measurements of red and green, who am I to question? Yeah, um, but it does, I think that the interesting thing is they didn't listen to Frank the water bear who says that we can survive anything because when they get in there, in there and they find the other water bears are like, yep, yeah, we're fine here. Like you, yeah. you can all go. Which you would think as scientists, sea scientists, they would know be... that. Yeah, sometimes you just got to let these people die if that's their wish. Well, it's, I suppose it's the a bit like with Paw Patrol that, that everybody in uh, Adventure Bay becomes very complacent about the risks <laughs> around them. Because they're relying on Paw Patrol to come and fix their every problem. It's a Superman complex, Superman issue, isn't it? You can't, mm. you know, you, the, the Octonauts going around the sea saving people is 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 um. I don't, I don't know. It's, it's upsetting the natural balance of things, and also causing people like water bears to take unnecessary risk. I don't think the risk of it is. I mean, I, I think the underlying message from this is that they're just lazy and perhaps without kind of a white British man to come and save them, then perhaps they would have deserved to die. Yeah. I mean, the other side is like, they're only water bears. Yeah. I still feel like I'm on the wise of what a water bear actually is. No. Man, to that, want to know. No. Um, they, they try and escape. They, the, the water bears do get alarmed when they realise there's actual lava coming, so they ask to get rescued. There's a rock fall, uh, and Frank mm. gets stuck. And Quasi decides to try and karate kick the rocks to find a way through, which is just yeah. the kind of dick that Quasi is. Well, he's unaware that he can see. Um, true. At one point, yeah, he doesn't really understand how mag- how uh, binoculars work. At one point, yeah, it's not even just a good. It's not even uh, enough of a good depth, depth perception joke. Is even missed out on there. Yeah. So the thing is, is that the kind of way in which I suppose they are eventually kind of released, you might argue from uh, this whole thing, is that they, they send the whinging pace all through a hole. Well, he's, 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 uh, he's, um, he's, he's dispensable, isn't he? 
Oh yeah, very much so. He may as well be wearing the, uh, you know, the Star Trek uniform of the red shirt. Yeah, yeah, indeed. Um, but you know, the suggestion being that, and it is very ham-fistedly set up that even if you are small, then you might have a use. I, but they they reached that conclusion without telling us of what use water bears are. Yeah, yeah. I think they're suggesting that they deserve to die. I think so. That seems to be the overall message of that. Um, the other one we looked at then was sea pigs, which essentially there's a big herd of sea pigs marching towards a trench because there's food at the other side and they don't realise there's a trench in the way. Mm. And long story short, they all fall in the trench. Yeah. Fond memories of uh, lemmings on the Amiga. Yeah, I know. I don't know why they didn't just build a bridge. I was expecting them to build a bridge. It annoyed me that they did that, that wasn't a solution that they thought of. Give some of them little umbrellas to float down. Yeah. I think the issue with this one is that they entrusted the Vegemol to drive one of the ships without any proper mm. formal training. Yeah, I mean, you can't, you can't uh, allow the half-fish, half-vegetable zombies to... Uh, well, they're essentially kind of uh, vegetable Ewoks, aren't they? Are they? I mean, are they... I'm going to check what it says on the fandom. Are they... They're stinking adorable little creatures, half vegetable and half animal. They enjoy yeah. cooking and gardening and helping the other Octomorots wherever. They, they speak veg... Now, this this is where there's definitely... It's it's this is where it's definitely not okay as to why yes. Captain Barnacles keep them like this. They speak Vegemolese. Mm. It's their own special language. And Shellington's the only one who can understand uh what they're saying. Yeah. Yeah. Basically, these these foreigners, these pigs, without us, would just simply walk to their death. And that's why giving them Christianity and smallpox is absolutely fine. I mean, it suggests they've been made here because like tunip is a mixture between a tuna and a turnip. Barrett. Yeah, I mean that's that that's a bad meal. I know Barrett is a bass and a carrot. Tomino, tomato mino. Gruber is a grouper and a tuber. Codish is cod and a radish. Halibut, halibut and beet. And picato is pike and tomato. Mm. They're also um, they're also non canonical vegetables, uh, which don't appear <laughs> in the TV series. But obviously, this is based on books. I think um, there's, in fact, here's because like, because you've ruined one of my quiz questions already. So here's my quiz. So these are all vegetables. They've not appeared yeah. in the TV series, but can you tell me the two the things they're mixed with? So sharkini. Okay. Sharkini. Sharkini. Bearing Half. in mind. It's American, bearing in mind. Half zucchini, half shark. Yeah, shark and zucchini. Uh, a perchin. Yeah. A what? A perchin. A perchin. Half perch, half bin. No pumpkin. Uh, yeah. A yam chovy. Half anchovy, half yam. Yes. Uh, uh, Wallabiga. Slightly harder, this one. Wallabiga is um, 
had a hit with Mambo Number no. Five. He did, yeah. Uh, no, it's Rutabaga and Walleye. Uh, a char, a, a char That's quite easy. Half charred, half char. Type of fish. Sis. Yeah, charred and charred is the vegetable. Char is the fish. Uh, a mac, a macaroni, a macaroni. Sorry. Broccoli and mackerel. Yep. Uh, caprica. 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 It says caprica and carp. Albachoy. I don't think some of these fish exist. An albacore and, a, and bok choy? No, albacore. not real. Uh, well, bok choy is real. Salapeno. Half. It's salmon. 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 Yep. Um, and then the last one is a uh, tardily. You can't. You can't say that these days, can't? No. <laughs> it's uh, it's celery in a tardigrade, and again, I don't think you can say that these days. <laughs> okay. Uh, there's one more, which is a, a veggie bot, which is a mix between a vegimal and a robot. But I think at that point you're playing God. <laughs> I think that's the Borg, isn't it? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's a strange one. I don't, like you said, it's it's got these strange kind of colonial overtones. Yeah, I mean, I don't think the the characters aren't dislikable. You know, it's not like Peppa Pig where they are that really kind of vile uh, individuals. The characters are all kind of really harmless. I think, to be honest, it's it's society that has created this kind of colonial colonialist attitude, which is easy for me to say, um, and. Really, we should take that statue of barnacles down. You, well, you should do. I mean, I think you could make you could make exactly the same show without needing it to be led by a white, posh British guy. No, you couldn't. All <laughs> shows are ultimately led by posh white British guys deep down. Oh, not here, Dougie. Well, Dougie. As you know, there's a reason we haven't done Dougie because it's pure and innocent and good at heart, and yep. therefore we won't touch it. Yep. Uh, but that it's is the exception rather than the rule. Yeah. Actually, there's a few. There's a few that are fine where everyone's kind of likable. I think this is this, in the same way that I really enjoyed the film Zulu. Is best done without really thinking about it. Yeah, that's 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 a good way of doing it. I think it's yeah. Until you're really forced to confront it, it's okay. And then it all starts to fall apart. Yeah, so let's just let's just enjoy the acts of bravery at Rourke's Drift. Let's not think about why they were there. <laughs> yes. That's yeah. I think that's a, that's a good way to look at it. Um let's just enjoy the fact that they're rescuing fish and not think about the fact that that then means all the sharks in the sea are going to starve. Yeah. It's like the Indian famine all over again. 
Um, that's it for uh, Octonauts anyway. I think we've covered that as, as in-depth as we can. Um, Captain Barnacles will be tearing down his statue in about 100 years. Yeah. Cheap into this. <laughs> um, we're going to be back with our next episode uh, in a couple of weeks. Um, we're recording it back-to-back, but we'll put it out a couple of weeks later where we'll be looking at Waffle the Wonder Dog, which... Mm. He's even more problematic, and we'll come on to that um, in that episode. But for the moment, it's goodbye from me and goodbye from James. Bye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.